the following, a podcast dedicated to two words Jesus used to change the world, follow me. He used it then and he uses it now. What does it mean? Does it define the boundaries of our relationship with him? Come and join us as we explore follow me in the following.
David Phelps. Little Easter. Goodbye to Easter again. Angel said he is not here. He is risen. He lives. Welcome to uh, the following. My name is Tim Lester. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming back and listening to the podcast again. You could help us by just uh, letting your friends know about it. So there's this uh, old guy with Parkinson's that's doing, doing teaching the Bible. We're looking at the life of Peter together uh, as the, the first transitional um, follower who handed off from the generation that knew Christ personally and had seen him and, and saw his miracles and, and the, the ones that haven't since then. So um, join that. And uh, I listened to the last podcast, and I want to thank you for hanging in there and, and giving it a listen. Um, I know sometimes it's difficult. My voice doesn't hold up, but I'll do the best I can. We're enjoying getting to know this new gear that I mentioned to you last time. It's a road a podcaster, and uh, it, it really does give an opportunity for me to do some things that I wouldn't be able to do with a, with a mouse structure because of my dexterity and small muscle movements. But uh, this big faders and, and knobs, and it works just great. Now, we're looking at the life of Peter, um, and the more I read about him, the more interesting and the more insights that I get. I was laying in our, our, our bed in our caravan at, at Matarangi in the Coromandel Peninsula this, this Easter week, uh, uh, school holidays, and, and reading in, in uh, Luke 5. And uh, it's, it's the, the fuller version of the, the second calling where, the, where he actually puts his team together. It says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genseret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He um, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, or Peter's, and asked him to put out a little way to the land. And he sat down and began to teach the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down your nets and catch. Now, uh, Simon's a fisherman. Uh, Simon and his brother Andrew, uh, along with John, John James, um, had a, uh, a fishing business with their fathers, and they they've been fishing all night. And Jesus came along, and, and as it happened, a, a crowd of people followed with him and, and pressed him up against the lake. And so he commandeered Simon and his boat to take him out, and, and so he could continue to teach the people. And then uh, he said. Simon, let's put out into the deep water uh, and let down the, your nets. And I, I don't know how much um, emphasis or, or attitude you can put in, a, in, in words that happened so many years ago, but it says, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. I can almost sense some exasperation in Peter's voice. You know, we worked all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you want, I'll, I'll row this thing back out and we'll put the nets down again. So when they had done this, they, they closed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break and they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And when they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon saw, Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him. First thing I want to point out is that uh, Peter had a, a biblical reaction to recognizing the, the deity of Christ or the, the, the holy specialness of Christ and the, and the power of God that was on him. Uh, we we talked very casually today about the being in the presence of God and 
God coming in, showing up, and 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 talking like we can tell God to come and go as as we please. Um, but the, the in the Bible, when people had an encounter with God, they had a very similar reaction. Isaiah speaking about his own life in in Isaiah six says that in the year of the King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, with his train who robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, and each had been six wings, and two covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with the other two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah's response, being uh, given a vision of the throne room of God, he said, Woe is me, I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of glory. The same thing Peter said in, in different words. He said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Uh, the facts are when, when there's a revelation of God in our presence, uh, in a unique way, it, it should cause us to be humbled and to recognize uh, his perfection and our, our lack of perfection and and the distance between us and what needs to be done, uh, and the distance he makes up with his grace. Um, and uh, in Isaiah, it says, One of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away from, from you. Your sin is forgiven. And uh, so it was, a, it was a, the birth of Isaiah the prophet when he saw God's... Uh, in his throne room, and, and, and was humbled, and uh, met, met the forgiveness of God. Peter also said, uh, he said, Go away, Lord, from, or I'm a sinful man, for amazement had seized him. And I, I, I hadn't noticed that before, uh, that, that Peter knew Jesus. He'd been around. He'd been teaching. He'd had encounters with him. He was, he, Peter was one of, one of John's kind of disciples or followers, and, and uh, Jesus came along, and he began to pay more attention to Jesus, and Jesus had had spent some time with him, and, and uh, he came and ran out to, to put the hard word on and get them to follow him, and, and uh, I think this this little miracle with the fish sealed Peter's fate, because he was seized by amazement, and there's a sense in which uh, Peter's life is, is kind of, he bounces back between remarkable uh, insight and just... Not, not putting the dots together. Matthew 16 says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, Jesus was uh, having a spectacular ministry, and uh, people were wondering if uh, this couldn't be just an ordinary man. It must be somebody put back from the dead or a prophet or some uh, Elijah maybe. Um, it said... Uh, but others still, you say Elijah, so others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered. He, he, of all the, the, the disciples that was there, Simon Peter blurted out, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but the Father, who sent, my Father who is in heaven, I say also to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound, and whatever you bind in heaven shall be, be bound. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. 
that he warned the disciples that they should not tell them that he was the Christ. So Peter, Peter just had put them things together and with the help of the Holy Spirit, and he just put it in the exact words. And Jesus almost is a breathless his response. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It was a, it was a really spectacular moment. But uh, it's hard to live in the moment and expand that to, to, to carry, particularly in our humanity. And the, the, the subtitle of this, this series is, is P, about Peter. He's one of us. And uh, he gets it right, and then he gets it wrong. Uh, a little later on, it says Jesus begins to tell them what's ahead. He's, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and saying, God forbid, Lord, that this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, hey, look at this. He just said, Peter, you know, flesh and blood didn't give you that insight that was from God the Father. Now he says to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Jesus is saying to Peter, look, man, uh, I don't need anybody um, putting roadblocks, emotional roadblocks, um, not supporting what, what I'm doing. And uh, so Peter went from being the the guy with all the insight to um, uh, being told that, uh, he, you know, he re- was representing Satan. He had behind me. So it was, it was a... Uh, a, a roller coaster life. Then there's it's one other story that um, um, shows us a little bit of uh, Peter's willingness to help and, and his involvement that that uh, kept him hooked up. And, and um, I think this is in uh, Matthew chapter 17. It says, um, When they came to Capernaum, those who collected two drachma tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? He said, Yes. He came into the house. Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth collect customs or or poll tax? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are exempt. However, so that we do not offend them, go to to the sea, throw a hook, and take it uh, for the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them uh, to pay for you and me. So Jesus um, invited Peter along on this little miracle that um, um, that I'm sure served to um, motivate um, Peter and gave him some things to remember when it all goes um, pear shaped in, in just a few a few days ahead uh, as Jesus reaches Jerusalem and, and is arrested and crucified. Um, and in Luke 22, Jesus came to Peter quite solemnly and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and that when you want, that once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Uh, you think of where Peter started. He was a businessman. He was a, he's a, a fisherman by day and by night. Uh, subsistence living. Uh, throwing nets out in the Sea of Galilee and... and um, Dragging, trying to drag in a, a little tapala, and, uh, and now he, he's got the son of man talking to him, saying, "Look, Peter, I've, uh, Satan's asked permission to sift you like wheat." Uh, that must have been overwhelming. Peter, Peter didn't run away. And once you've turned against strengthen my brothers, but he said to him, "Lord, 
with you, I'm ready to both go to prison and to death. Uh, and he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. You know, that's a, a, a very powerful part of the, the story of Jesus' life and his relationship with his disciples and, and what led to the crucifixion. Um, but it's also a, a passage of Scripture that we can get pretty close to because we know what it is to um, voice spiritual truth and commitment and, and um, position when in our hearts we're not there. And uh, Peter over overplayed his hand. He, he wasn't yet where he thought he was. Um, Luke 22 goes on and says, Having arrested him, that's Jesus, they, he, Judas betrayed him and he was arrested, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the first firelight, was looking intently at him and said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later he saw him, uh, another, another saw him and said, You are one of, one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. About an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately while he was speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the words of the Lord and told him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and bitterly wept. And um, that changed... Um, Peter's position, his own internal position uh, with with the Lord after the crucifixion, he was ashamed. He had uh, he had followed right up to be with Jesus, but in the final analysis, he he had, he had um, denied he knew him, and uh, so something needed to happen because the, the, the Peter was going to be given the responsibility to lead the the, the church, be the, the next guy that takes over when Jesus leaves. Um. John 21 tells a story of um, their activity sometime after the resurrection. Jesus had appeared three or four times, and they knew he had risen from the dead, but he wasn't there always. And after these things, Jesus manifests himself again to the disciples to the Sea of Tiberias. And he manifests himself this this way. Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples were together. This was gang, the fishing gang that Jesus recruited. They come back together. Simon said, I'm going fishing. Uh, he had kind of gone full circle. He had gone with Jesus. He would experienced all that. In the end, he would bailed out on him. And so he said, I'm just going to go back to fishing. That's what I know. And they said to him, well, well I'll come with you. Uh, and they went out and got in the boat that night, and they caught nothing. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, um, a little later, the, the, Jesus sends them out and they, they, they get another catch of fish and so they're eating breakfast and this is where Jesus um, confronts Peter. Sorry about that, I didn't give you the context. So when they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know what, I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I, I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. 
He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter grieved because he said the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus attend my sheep. This is a real interesting interplay. Jesus essentially was fronting Peter up in the, in the midst of his peer group. Uh, Peter having failed dismally and flamed out, and, um, and here Jesus was now fronting up to talk to him. And, and in the original languages, you, you, you see what you don't see in English. Jesus comes to Simon and says, Simon, son of John, do you agapaho me? It's a Greek word that means, uh, we get the word agape, love. It's a, a super, super kind of love, God's kind of love. And um, Peter responds to him, Lord, you know I phileo you. Which is, he said, Lord, I love you like a brother. Jesus asked him a second time, said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agapao me? Do you love me with the supernatural love of God? A razor-sharp love that you have for me? And, and Peter said again, Lord, you know I phileo you. I, I love you as a brother. I, I, you know I care about you deeply. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? So Jesus used Peter's word. That just caused Peter to grieve because he asked him a third time. Uh, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Uh, and then Jesus gives these words to Peter. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you that when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will, will gird you and bring you to where you do not wish to go. This he said, signifying what kind of death he would glorify God. Uh, and when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. We started our, our journey and um, with those two words, follow me. And after all that um, Peter and the, and the other guys had experienced of Jesus and his, uh, um, his ministry to people, that they saw the, the people that were healed and raised from the dead and um, all the great things Jesus did for people and all the great truth he taught. The Sermon on the Mount that gives us a, the roadmap for, for following and living for Christ. Um, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, uh, Jesus was telling Peter, you know, you're going to not finish well. It's going to be hard. Uh, you're going to be let off and... and Someone will tie you to a cross. Uh, and history says that Peter was crucified in about 60 A.D. And that on his request, he was crucified upside down so they didn't die the same way that Jesus did and uh, intrude on Christ's glory. Um, but Jesus said to him, after all that, he said, Peter, follow me. And, and that's that's still the message that comes to us again and again and again. Just to, our, our responsibility is to follow Jesus, to focus our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the hardship, even the cross, uh, for us. I hope you had a blessed Easter time. I hope you had time to stop and reflect on the, the resurrection. You know, we were a couple of years ago with a reform, uh, um, an Orthodox family, uh, in the Orthodox Church, the resurrection is the big deal, uh, and the Easter service is held at midnight on Easter morning. Uh, and it's, a, it's a beautiful pageant of, serv of a service that uh, where the, they empty out the church and 
and sing songs in the parking lot and in the cold winter night and the church is absolutely black, dark, dark, all the lights are off and somebody comes and beats on the door uh, and requests them to let them in. Uh, and when they they open the doors and the lights are on and the, the priest declares that he is risen. He is not here, he is risen. And uh, what a glorious thought that Jesus... Death on the cross uh, secured for us the uh, uh, eternal love of God in his resurrection proved that he was the one who had overcome death. God bless you, and I uh, trust that you have a, a great week or two, and uh, I'll be back when I can. God bless you from the following. <laughs>